another live episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. I want to thank you all for tuning in with us tonight uh, as we discuss the Memphis Roundtable being in, as a uh, result of Memphis being the city of the dead. Uh, before getting into the show, I do want to remind you, if you are listening by way of chat, the chat line is opening as we speak, so you can coerce, coerce with us through submitting your questions or comments by chat, or you can call in using the call-in number, 818-691-7406. Again, 818-691-7406. You do have to select the number one to notify us that you are in queue and you do have a question or a comment. Um, as a Butterfly Evolution reminder, I do want to remind you guys who listen to us regularly, and for those of you who are first-time listeners, we have what we call the Trash Can Concept to promote change and awareness to how your thoughts, um, how you keep up with even the smallest habits. So we want to remind you to move your trash cans, move them from one location to another, preferably in your kitchen, a place that you often uh, visit. In doing that, you will determine or find that you often return to its old location. Um, And as you return to its old location, think about, the mindset. Think how your mind just automatically had you go back to that place. And so often that's what we do in life. We get stuck. We remember things, often things that don't quite work for us in life. So as you continue to do this exercise, remind yourself, be mindful of your thoughts and those small habits that we subconsciously do sometimes without much thought process. So continue to do that. Keep it going. As you uh, become accustomed to that, then start with something else. But just please continue to do that to promote change. Um, We have, as far as butterfly evolution, we're a little late getting started here, so you'll you'll hear uh, just some others kind of coming in. But I want to just speak about butterfly evolution for now tell you about some things that we are continuing to do. Number one, I want to remind you guys about the 901 Butterflies, particularly since we are talking about Memphis being the city of the dead. There are so many organizations going uh, on here within Memphis that are in need of volunteers, in need of people to support them, uh, whether it be financially but there's or, or just through your time. But there's so many things going on in this city. There's so many people working to give back, especially to our youth. And if you're not doing something, then you are part part of the issue. If you're not doing something, whether it's in your church, at your job, in your neighborhood, we should be doing something, all of us, to promote change. So I want to remind you of the 901 Butterflies. Again, that is an organization for young girls um, of all ages now. We, We do not have an age limit. Any, any longer, so I want to remind everyone of the 901 Butterflies. Again, we meet with these young, young girls. We coach them. We talk with them. 
We have them volunteer. We just have a bundle of, of information available to them um, during the meetings and outside of the meetings as well. So it's basically a mentor program where uh, women are giving back to these young ladies. If anyone in this city would like to be a part of the organization, you may contact me through the Butterfly Evolution site, or you can always find me on Facebook and, and send me a message there. Other things that are going on as we are here at the Memphis Roundtable, you can tune into that once a month, uh, preferably the last Saturday of the month. We are a little bit off this month doing this program uh, on a different day, but going forward uh, it will be the last Saturday of each month. In addition to that subliminal thought and butterfly evolution, we just had the Free Angela um Program at the Paradiso. We are working to bring more uh, documentaries here in the city, so we ask that you just be on the lookout for those things as well. And we will talk more about the things that Subliminal Thought are doing as well here shortly. But let's move forward into the Memphis being City of the Dead. We had this program uh, maybe about a month ago and identified, for the most part, most of us believe that there is there is just a sense of, of spiritual um, depletion in this city. And when you think about Memphis being the city of the dead, that's where I would like to uh, focus on because once you die spiritually, the hope is gone. There's, there's not much else left. So you begin to just kind of wonder, uh, through this world and through this city. So if you if we've identified Memphis, for those of you who have, if we've identified Memphis as being the city of the dead, then that means the people within this city, what, what people are saying is that the people within this city are dead. And what we have, again, put the focus on why is because the lack of God, the lack of of having a relationship and being transformed by that relationship. We can we can go to church, we can talk about the pastors, we can read our Bible, but if you if you're not moved in those doings, if you you're not transformed in those doings, then nothing works. It may seem as it's working. You may get to a point where you feel fulfilled today and tomorrow you feel like you've been beaten. And so many of us in my opinion have become simply hopeless in every area of life, which means you are accepting what is going on in your life within this city and you you are already defeated because you feel like there is no change for it. So basically, spiritually, we have to wake up. We have to start reading our Bible in a sense to be transformed. You can, you can no longer blame the pastors. We talked about having a church on every corner and for the most part, feel to capacity, but if you're going to church thinking that your pastor or the members or just that the fact that you're attending will transform you, you're defeated there because it's not going to transform you. You can go, people have gone to church a lifetime and not experienced God. So it has to be that encounter, that experience with God that gives you hope, that gives you peace, that transforms your life and helps you to realize that that abundant life that God said, I'm, I'm here, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, you have to feel deserving of that. And you can't, you don't do that in your own flesh. You don't see that in your own flesh. 
again, things may seem to work out a bit here, a bit there, but at the end of the day, there comes a time where you return right back to the place you were at that internal, you just have an internal hunger for more. So um, I'm going to check the chat line here, and I do have, I have a guest in the house with me, Steve Johnson, and he's going to share some more information as as it relates to the spirituality part. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for um 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 having me uh, be a part of the um um the Memphis Round Table. <clears throat> and as 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 Tammy was saying, it is when you have the absence of God, there's there's no hope, there's no no faith, there's no belief system, there's no trust, there's no I can see tomorrow being better than it was today. And 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 I think we have to go back to the basics and just understand that by us being just plain, plain, just being human, that there is a God that we was created, and in that creation we 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 have a purpose. And and I think that that there we want to put, stick a pen in it there and just say, what is our purpose? What what was I born to do? What was I created to do? And 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 go a little further. Am I operating in that what I was called to do? And if you are not, then then we want to kind of we want to kind of bring up bring the idea out as to how do we get there? So we we can name a few things that has kept us hindered, kept us um, um, in a place of, of not being fruitful. But how do we get there? Is 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 our challenge? How do we make it happen from the place? Where we at on today? So my my firm belief again is that um, um, there need to be salvation. There need to be God. And once we find God, and then we find our purpose. And 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 if we happen to stay within the city of Memphis itself, then no longer will the city remain dead or will the city remain dormant because as we begin to fulfill our purpose and walk out our destiny according to the things of God, then the city will come alive. The city will come alive. We look at what Jesus did when he came down um, to an earth and, and, and took 12 men, 12 men, and just based upon what those 12 men did in that particular dispensation and time, we're still talking about it today. We're still reaping the benefits on Today, so so even though there there may be a a, a, a dead situation, a, a situation that's dormant, just saying that seem like the 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 city of Memphis is is in a a dormant dry place. Like God asks Ezekiel, "Will shall these bones live? Will these bones live?" And even in the midst of that, what do we believe about Memphis? Do we believe we can come up and come out and do better once we know better? Do we believe we can take the positive step to change, to bring forth life, to bring forth restoration, to bring forth vision? How how can we do that today? And I think today at the at, at the round table we want we want we want to really look at after we we we've identified the issues then how do we go from stagnant 
to to succeeding and achieving and being more productive in our society on today. Give us a call at 816-691-7406. Again, that's 816-891-7406. Give us a call. We want to hear from you. We want to know what 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 some of your input would be and what your thoughts are. And and if you're doing something in the city of Memphis and maybe nobody knows about it, then give us a call and just share the portion that you are doing, the portion that you are doing to make a difference where you're at. Excuse me, Tammy. We also have Barrett in with us. Um, and Barrett, do you want to contribute any? We're still talking about the city of the day. City of the Dead and focusing on spiritually what can we do in this city to, first of all, even before you we unite, there has to be some spiritual awareness, individually spiritual awareness. So do you have anything to add on that? Sure. Hello, once again, I'm Barrett from Subliminal Thought. And um, I think it first starts with ourselves. Well, we have to have a, we have to develop a spiritual interest and we have to know that you know that it it is necessary in order for us to make a change in Memphis. You know, so many positive things about the Bible, and you can't you can't really get it by just solely going to church. You got to put in your own. You got to put in your show your own interest and put in your own time with the Word for you to fully develop and you know see things the right way. And um, in order in order to make a change, I think we got to like the people who are in their right minds. And who are on the right path, we have to go back to the community and in the hoods and every neighborhood and make a difference. You know, try to reach out to those people and show that we really care, especially if we're followers of Christ. It's our, it's our job, it's our duty to try to bring more followers into his kingdom. And yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. This is Tammy uh, back on, and I want to, this in, in reading Romans, taking it right back to the Word, and again, you cannot put, we just cannot leave out the Word of God. There's no way to be transformed without knowing the Word of God because it is our weapon. It is our our spiritual weapon. It is what is needed to exist in this world. You know, Memphis is, I don't know its, it's uh, ratings now, but for a very long time we were considered the second um, city of all the cities, the second in the as it, as it relates to the crime rate. We were the highest, the second highest as it relates to crime rate. And if you guys here recall, our teenage pregnancy uh, with our young girls was just, it skyrocketed at about a year and a half, two years ago, with the Fraser incident with all those young girls. So what we have is spiritually dead people trying to raise children in this world without the word of God, without the knowledge of God, without the transformation of God, and we cannot change. We cannot change ourselves. We cannot exist in this world without that. So that's why not just the city of Memphis, really if, if every city would talk about, I wouldn't say every, but if many cities would think about this and talk about this, what they realize is they've really removed God from 
God is no longer the source. God is no longer the main, your your main part in your life. God is probably last. If we really would be honest, how often do we give thanks? We can go, not you going to church does not make it. Listen to the pastor on the TV does not mean it. It's your individually, your individual relationship with God, and has it changed your heart? Because only the Holy Spirit can do that. Only the Spirit of God can change your heart in that manner. So you have to go back to yourself as parents, as fathers, as as, as pastors, as leaders, as people who are in this community who are trying to give back because, again, there's so many people, there's so many positive things happening in this city that we don't hear about. So many people that are giving so so much of themselves that we don't hear about. But be mindful. As soon as something negative happens, it's on the news. It's right in your face. You do hear about those things, and your mind begins to think that that Memphis is dead, and, and, and the city of Memphis and the people within it are dead as well. So, but but if that's the case. Do do we not have a responsibility to wake these people up? And it starts with the Word of God. It starts with transformation. It starts with changing yourself. That's what it begins with. Amen. 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 Um, I'm going to check the chat line. I want to remind you guys who are listening the lines are still open, 818-691-7406. And we're not going to keep you very long today, but if you do have questions, comments, please go ahead and submit those. What do you think about our spiritual um, relationship individually? Individually, what is, uh, what's going on in your life? Awareness. You know, I the, the best thing I could do is deal with Tammy, deal with my, my issues, the things that were keeping me in bondage, the things that kept me from feeling like I could move forward, that I could wake up because I was one of the people. And, and it, what's, what's crazy is that for a long time I did not think I was. I thought that I was persevering. I thought that I was you not know, have my up and down moments. But... It got to a point where I realized that I was going, I was ending up back in the very same place with no real and true progress. That's because I wasn't changing on the inside. So, you know, just imagine you 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 try you you have a recipe and you deviate from that, and but you expect it to taste the same. And some things you just have you just need what you need to make to make that recipe work. For instance, a cake, if you forget the eggs, I mean, some things you just need what you need, and that's what not just Memphis but every city, every state needs the Word of God, the Holy Spirit to be first and foremost. And how often do you see that happening in this city or in any city, even in your communities, in your church? I can't, I just can't get away from the big red clocks in the church churches today that say we have 10 minutes for worship, 15 minutes to take up the offering, and probably 20 minutes for the pastor to to preach before he has to get back to another, jump in the car and get to another, another service. So we're rushing God. We're rushing through all of this, but we're expecting God to transform our lives and wake us up, and, and nothing does that. 
And, and you know also the Bible speaks about from Jeremiah to even into New Testament, the Bible speaks about um, false prophets, how people are taking the word of God and utilizing it for their own personal gain, their own personal benefit. It's not really about seeing lives change, soul delivers, and, and, and minds are set free. Just, let, let's just deal with the... Um, the, the numerous amount of people that are in churches today, that you've been going to a church for quite some, quite some time now. You've been a part of the church for, for at least five years, three years, ten years, and you've given a lot for us financially. But now, have your pastor ask you, what is your purpose? What What is your gift and how you can benefit the ministry? If you have not been asked by your pastor or or, or, or the ministry that you are, are connected with, what is your gift? What is your purpose? Then how, how 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 you can benefit that ministry, that is a problem. That is a problem. And what happens a lot of time is that, that we go to churches. I'm not knocking churches, but I'm, I'm, I am speaking, about, I'm speaking out against the spirit that operates in the church to where all you need to do is come to church, um, um, open your Bible, give your money, and you can leave and go home. And that's the most that you've done in your church. We have to get to a place to where we know our purpose. We know that God has called us to do something greater than just sit down, go to sleep, go to work, wake back up, and just do it all over again. What is your purpose? Why are you on this earth? In order to see change in Memphis, in order to see change in this city, in Shelby County, wherever you may be, Cordova, in order to see change, it starts with each individual. And each individual has to start with God. There's no way of getting around that. I don't care if you're 15 years old or 55 years old, you have to give an account, give an understanding, give acknowledgement to that there is a God. You was created by a God. You ain't a robot. You don't run by batteries. You run by blood. Blood comes from somewhere. You run by brain. You have muscle. You have a, 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 a commission that's been given to you, a commandment that's been given to you by God. How do we tap into that piece? So if I, if I acknowledge that there's a God that created me, since God created me, he created me with a purpose. What is my purpose? If I change... If it starts with me, then I change, my family change, then my neighborhood change, then my county change, then my city change, and then you, listen, if we can all adapt that method, then you have Memphis begin to take on that change because why? One, we individually begin to acknowledge that God created us and we were created with a purpose. What's your purpose on today? How are you benefiting your neighborhood, your community, your church? What are you doing to be the difference in your area? What are you doing to be the difference? Are you the one talking about the people and you're not doing anything? Are you saying how bad it is, but you have no solution, no idea? Matter of fact, you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. If that's you, that's fine. But today... When we know better, we do better. Today, even in the Bible, the Bible teaches that then you hear my voice, harden not your heart. If you've been the one talking about how bad it's been, or maybe you've been part of the equation of, of the bad thing that's been going on, today is the day for the change. If you want to see change in Memphis, give us a call today. 
Give us a call today, and what can you do to bring forth that change? In just a minute, we're going to go through the steps that I believe God is lead, that God will lead us to. How do we get to the salvation? Once we make that change, then what do we do for the city of Memphis after we change our heart, our mind about what we see? Do you want to be that difference? Are you just going to keep talking about it? Because we all can talk about it. Are you going to be about it? Be about what it needs to be to make that change that you want to see in Memphis. Actually, we can go ahead and go, if you have those steps, because otherwise I'm going to go ahead and, and end it out at hopefully around 530 or so. So if you want to give those steps quickly, that would be great. Awesome. I'll hold it for you. Okay. Well, since we're moving right along, and I did need my bifocals. As you get older, you will need some bifocals at some point in your life. So, um, steps to salvation. Men still cry. What must I do to be saved? The Bible provides a clear answer. Here are six scriptural steps which all must take, uh, well, all must take to pass from death to life. Say Memphis dead. How do we go from death to life? One, acknowledge. The Bible says, For all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Luke 18.13. You must acknowledge on the light of God, word, that you are a sinner. Step number two. Repent. Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Do you understand that, people, that that unless we repent, turn around, change our behavior, we will eventually perish? Ms. Tammy had mentioned something that happened at Frazier about young people having babies, and, 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 and it's just been a constant deterioration of society based upon our behavior. And repent goes into an acknowledgement and you turn away from what you are doing. What are you doing today that's causing you to continue to create a negative environment? So now we have acknowledge, repent, which is Luke 13 and 3, and then confess. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1 and 19. Forsake. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. For he will abundantly pardon. That's Isaiah 55 and 7. Sorrow for sin is not enough in itself. We must want to be done with it once and for all. So now we acknowledge, repent, confess, forsake, and now believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 If thou shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10 and 9. Believe in the finished work of the cross. Now, receive. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, 
That's John 1, 11 and 12. Christ must be received personally into the heart of by faith. And the new birth is to be yours. So the steps, acknowledge, repent, confess, forsake, believe, receive. If we don't first acknowledge, listen, one, there's a problem. You can keep playing if you want to and keep denying it if you want to. We must first acknowledge there's an issue. There is an issue. So, again, acknowledge, repent, confess, forsake, believe, and receive. Ms. Tammy? Okay. We, um, I, I totally agree with you on all of that, and that's what we're doing, acknowledging first. And that's, as personally, that's what I had to do in my own life, and that's what Steve is saying, that you have to acknowledge where you are. And it's not that we don't know. You don't know where you are. You don't know the things that uh, – it's not that you don't know the things that – continue to to ha- bring you right back to a place of dysfunction, of bondage, and we continue to seek. So we say, we continue to seek God. We say that God is first in our lives, but is he? Because if that is so, and God's word said that I, I came that you may have life more abundantly, and we're not having it. We're not experiencing the fruit of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. We're not experiencing that peace. Then what we're saying is God's word is not true. So we should be experiencing those things. We do have. You have something you want to you like want to share on that? Yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna mention that. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with them that first we have to acknowledge the problem, because um, I don't. I think you have a lot of people that's actually in denial. You know, they make I don't know spiritual statuses and they're like they're doing this and doing that, but at the same time. They might be fornicating and all that stuff, and and when they and they when they I'm 21 years old. When they find out that I'm still a virgin, I'm waiting till marriage. Wait till I wear, marry my fiance in order to get married. They, they, I mean, in order to have sex, they think it's unbelievable. They think that's unheard of. But yet they thought they was doing all they could to follow Christ. They thought they was doing their part. But at the same time, they're at the job gossiping and doing this and that. Me, I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I have problems, and when I acknowledge those problems, I know I have to take the necessary steps in order to get better. But if you're in denial about it and you don't think you have a problem in the first place, you will never be where you should. Brandon, we do have Brandon and Cody with us as well. If you guys want to give shed some on that. We'll go ahead and really get ready to close that. All right, uh, Brandon Shaw, uh, Vice President of Subliminal Thought. Uh, um, I guess to reiterate, to reiterate, people are misinterpreting what uh, who God is, what spirituality is, and that's the. I think that's the main source of the problem. Uh, people just don't know how to apply spirituality to their everyday life. Um, people can be people can listen to Bible verses, people can read Bible verses, but unless they can uh, pre- uh apply them to everyday situations, I don't think it's gonna have any like they're not gonna see any significant improvement in their lives. So not as a Christian but as just a person who understands spirituality, I think in order to reach out to other people we have to show them how the God God works in us or whatever creator you may believe in works within you 
so people can all start to understand that there is only one, there you know, only one creator, and people get into discussion and debate when it's uh, when we can we concern ourselves with like religion, and religion causes separation at times. So we want to stay as far away from separation when we're thinking of spirituality and becoming one people. Yeah, I'm the other guest here, um, and Cody. And really, I don't have much to say uh, at this point. I could say a lot, but um, what I really want to stress is is to, like Memphis, is we have a lot of churches, a lot of Christian churches here, and people inside these churches really should ask themselves, well, not ask themselves, but really should do a lot of self-examination, um, especially what the Bible says, and to really see what's going on not only in their lives but also in their churches because we have a church on every, just about on every corner, but Memphis is still dying economically, especially if you look in the so-called black community. There's, uh, it's really no, it's like we really don't have a community, so to speak. Uh, we do, but we really don't. And economically, we're doing poorly, but yet we have all these churches around. And I'm really upholding um, uh, the church as one of their responsibilities. To, if, if they want to be, since they're part of the community, they should really um, uplift the community. It doesn't make any sense to have a, a mega church or a big church in an impoverished so-called black community. And, um, I mean, yes, crime there, of course, it may not be as worse as people think, but, I mean, but the poverty is ridiculous, and unemployment is ridiculous, and um, and really I'm just calling out the churches to really do much better and to do their part, you know, instead of just collecting money every Sunday and every Wednesday just to make the church uh, facilities look much better. So, uh, I mean, you know, they're God's chosen people. They have got to really step up their game. That's all I want to say on that. Awesome, awesome. Um, that that was good. Um, well, and, and, and that's what I believe, just to piggyback on what um, um, Cody is saying, really it's an indictment on the church when you see churches on every corner, you see drug dealing on every corner, liquor stores on every corner, houses on every corner, but yet the church is not going out to make a difference. Why are we sitting up in the four walls and, 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 and seem to be, uh, we're Christ-like, supposedly, but yet nobody's going outside the four walls, knocking on the doors, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and making a difference. I mean, other than just giving money every Sunday every Sunday and Wednesday, we're building bigger buildings, bigger sanctuaries. What life have you built lately? What family have you built up lately? What single mother is sitting in that congregation who's hurting, who's struggling paying her rent, and yet we're taking up a building fund, collecting a collection plate for the past appreciation? And I'm not saying don't acknowledge and give honor where honor is due, but something is wrong when we got we have young women, young men, young people sitting out in a congregation who are hurting and broken, and the only thing we can do is collect more money to do more stuff for ourselves and for the church building itself. Something is wrong. 
every miracle Jesus ever done was done outside of the four walls of the synagogue. People, in order for Memphis to change, the first thing we got to acknowledge is what is the truth? What's real? What is real in our lives? What's the real thing in our lives? As young men, as, as, as older men, as young women, as young, uh, um, older women, what is truth about your life? Are we still believing the lie? Are we still believing in the tooth fairy? And it, and it may sound a little comical, and I'm not saying it really be even facetious, but all of our lives we've been lied to from Santa Claus to the Easter Bunny to everything else we've been lied to. Now, what is truth about your life? What's your purpose? What have God called you to do? In order for Memphis to change, we can talk about it all day long. But it has to start with you. What's the truth about your life? Then with that truth about your life, can you go and share that with somebody else and make a difference in their life? Other than going to church and watching reality TV and working your job and going to sleep and paying your bills, what difference are you making in your world? What legacy are you leaving? Who are you helping? What difference is, when you go in the break room at your job, what positive energy do you leave? When somebody have a conversation with you, are they walking away empowered with something? Are they been drained and got nothing? Are you the difference in your world? Or ask yourself this question. If everybody in the church was just like you, what do that church look like? If everybody was just like you, what do that church look like? People, friends, Memphis is dying and has been dying. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And my, 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 my firm belief is that it starts with God. And I'm going to say this, I'm going to pass this to Miss Tammy. I remember that, that I was a negative person. I lived a negative life. But the only way I became positive is that I met God. And once I met God, I instantly, I wanted to go back into the jails, the prisons, and talk to all the brothers that I felt was just like me. Not because I had to, because I felt a compassion that in order for them to change, they got to meet God. You got to meet God. You can't change by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. We got to start with God. You you mentioned, you asked the question, uh, what if everyone in the church was like you? Right? Yes, absolutely. Question? I'd like to like add, and, and that's probably what you're saying as well, and doing what you're doing for the community, in your home, with your children. Because, again, we don't know. It's not like we don't know what we're doing and the life that we're living. See, we're living the lie. And, and as Steve said, the truth. What is your truth? What is, what is your belief? Acknowledge what's going on in your life and what keeps bringing you back to this place, this dead place. So if every, that's a great question to end with. Questions, if everyone in your church, we can complain about it, but what are you doing about it? If everyone in your church is like you, 
or doing what you're doing, start with your home, giving to their kids, you know, feeding their kids spiritually. If everyone in your church, in their home, is doing the exact same thing that you're doing, could you could you not relate to or ask yourself, have I played a great part in this city being the city of the dead? Because the people in your home that you are not making sure that they are spiritually fed, our young people, our brothers, our sisters, if everyone is treating their daughters and sons, their sisters and brothers, as you treat yours, then do we have a reason to be the city of the dead? Are we operating in love? It's it's really, it doesn't make any sense how we have all these corporations, these uh, these businesses, these big businesses like FedEx, UPS, and, and, and we're like, I think, if I'm not mistaken, if we're not the number one biggest or one of the biggest distribution cities in the country, if not the world, and we have all these churches on, on these corners, but yet we're... It's, it's like we're not progressing as a city. We're not like Atlanta. We're not like some of these other bigger cities, Houston, St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis is not too far from us, north. And it's, I mean, it's like we're not progressing, and we have all. And this it's our mentality. I, I highly encourage people, if you're listening, I highly encourage people to watch this documentary on YouTube called Human Resources. It's a documentary called Human Resources. And part of that documentary talks about how a group of people have controlled the way we think about certain things and how we do certain things. For an example, when it comes to the workplace, we were taught that we go to a job and we do part of a job instead of being creative and and completing a job. For an example, you go into a, a, a factory and you go on the assembly line and you have different people on different parts of the assembly line, and they're doing the repetitive thing over and over and over again. And they're doing part of a job instead of putting the whole thing together themselves and thinking outside the box and just being creative and being able to use their mind. And it was a guy who came up with that system for people not to think on the job and to keep them and to make them like robots. And, th- and he found out that people who are like that, and there's a lot of people here in Memphis that work in these warehouses and manufacturing plants and possibly some other places who who have these type of jobs. And the result that he found out was these people have low self-esteem about themselves. They are not, uh, they, they are not productive in their community in a, on a positive level, and they're more likely to commit suicide. And they're, they're, they're like, they're, they're unhappy people, basically. So that's why I was saying before, I was, yes, I was speaking to the churches, but I'm really speaking to everybody that's listening. We really have to, if you're not doing this, we must continually to self-examine ourselves because there's people in the past who have put out things or systems for us to control our mind. That way they control how we think and they control what we do. And I encourage people to self-examine themselves, but to also look at the semantics 
of things that they've been taught, even when it comes to religion, spirituality, God, uh, any, everything, what you know or what you think you know. And that's it, and that's what I'm doing, and I know it's a challenge, but, uh, but I mean, we must begin to self-examine ourselves and really to question anything and everything. And I know that's uh, looked uh, negatively upon people in certain groups, but that's okay. That's why we have a brain. We're supposed to think and we're supposed to analyze things because how do you know that someone's not controlling you based upon what you've been taught all your life? That's all I have to say. Brian, anything before we close up? Yeah. Um, well, okay. I wanted to just bring it bring it around uh, and redirect our focus on the churches. Uh, I think um, although so many churches are in our communities, it's it's they're just boxes, basically boxes or safe havens for the people just going in and out, and the, and the membership of these churches don't make it their obligation to branch out into their communities. And it's like, it's funny how some of the biggest churches, some of the, you know, wealthiest, swell-out pastors make no no uh, big, uh, big step forward to beautify the community around them. It's more so beautifying the church. And, like, um... Steve, sorry, man, Steve. Like Steve was saying, it's it's more so for the like the uplifting of the pastor. Like they they raise money to get him new suits, buy him, you know, whatever he needs. But people tend to forget that we have a we have a people that's like basically dying spiritually, dying to thirst spiritually. Um, and it just makes the church a box. It's just a box with a whole bunch of fancy stuff in it, which is not the way it should be. It should be like an open open place for all to come, all invited, all should be welcome. And yeah. So it's like people on the people who go through those the the situations, the hard times, who don't see uh church bringing them out of it. They don't see church as like a safe haven for them. Only the people like, you know, who are well off, who are better off see it as this this place is comfort zone, this this place they can rely on. And uh, to the end, end, uh, end my discussion just to say that Memphis is not progressing, not because uh, it's lacking what Atlanta is lacking. It's just Memphis is um, a place where a lot of negativity is focused on. Like, it's a lot of uh, negativity surrounding the people who own a lot of the things in Memphis, like a lot of the properties, a lot of the businesses. It's like a lot of uh, un unwise, you know, more decisions being made, and it's not. And Atlanta's no different. It's just, you know, it's it's not like they have a better, I guess, uh, atmosphere for spirituality than Memphis does. It's just Memphis is more susceptible just because of its location and just because of its uh, history. It's like Memphis has a long-rooted history of racism and a lot of stuff. So a lot of uh, these traditions are trying to be, you know, kept upheld in Memphis. So. That's part of the big problem. Yeah, this is Barry speaking, and I guess to piggyback on what Brandon, Cody, and Steve were saying about the churches, I guess they are pretty much like a box in the neighborhood. I know they're preaching their message, but when people pay their tithes, what are they really paying for? Is it God's intention for us to pay our tithes just to, I guess, upkeep the place, and that's 
solely it. I know Malachi, I think it's Malachi 310, it says bring bring all the time into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. I mean, in that verse, they actually meant food. You know, like, I believe it was our duty, like the Christian's duty, or believers of God's duty, you know, to take care of the people around us and show that we love and care about them and not just solely solely refurbish the church or whatever. I think uh, like like uh, somebody like Cody was saying, for there to be a church on every single corner, it makes no sense for us to be suffering the way we are. And I know one of one of the youth ministers at my church, he was suggesting that um, you know, why don't at night the church they keep on or keep some certain doors open to to let the homeless sleep in there. I mean I mean, what are, what are the pastors going to say? Well, you know, we don't really fool with those type of people. You know, it's not good for the business or something like that. If we're really caring about, if we're really caring about the people out here, we need to go the extra mile. Let the homeless sleep in our church. We need to go out, go out beyond those four walls into the streets. Of course, it all starts with us and self-examining ourselves, but. To be honest, I know a lot of people are not going to actually take that step until somebody reached them and show them and show them why it's important. Because I know me, even I was in my, uh, even though I'm still young now, but when I was in my past middle school and high school days, that was pretty much the last thing on my mind. But thankfully, I had a, I guess, a caring family who kept me, who kept me in the church, listening to the, listening to the world, trying, you know, trying to reach out to me on a personal level in order to make this step. So while I know why we why it still start with self self examining ourselves, but a lot of people are not gonna hear this hear this broadcast, hear this hear this radio stations. But the people who do, it's up to us. We gotta go out there and make a change. Make a change to try to show that we actually care about the people out there. And try to inform them with the knowledge they need to make a change within themselves. And also, there's a little more I want to say. Um, we and 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 yes, I'm uh, talking to mainly the churches, but it seems as if most of the people that go to churches, to these uh, Christian churches, are hypocrites mainly. And a lot of these past, or let me not say a lot of them, but a number of these pastors. You know, they, they take people's money, I mean, to tithe an offering, but they they live out in Carrierville and all these uh, more suburban, elite parts of the county or the places. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going out to those places, but you have a big mega church or you're just so well off, and I'm talking to these pastors, uh, they you know, that, that live out in these areas, but yet a number of their members, they're struggling coming to church or they don't they they're late on their bills, you know, but they're still taking their money. And I remember it was this uh I went to this meeting months ago, uh, back in the winter time and this lady I met, uh I think she's from Atlanta and she she gave me this list. I had it somewhere in my room and it has a list of these different pastors who pastors these churches but they live like in the nice well in the most like elite suburban areas of the county and and i'm like you know okay it's, that's okay to an extent but then again what about the rest of their members are they being taken care of materialistically because how are you going to preach to these people well wait until you die 
to get your reward, but yet the pastor already got his reward, and yet you're struggling paying your bills, and 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 it's and it's just to me that's I want I mean to me it's a lot of hypocrites, a lot of hypocrites, and a lot of hip, hypocrisy inside these churches, and I mean again you have these people have to go back and self-examine what they're doing, and um, that's uh, that's that's very important to con- continually to do that. And the black people here in in the city in, in Memphis, we have got to start or continue somehow. We we cannot continually to allow fear to uh, prevent us from standing up for our uh, our privileges. I, maybe I shouldn't say rights, but our privileges as we're on these jobs. I mean, we're we we have jobs, but we're still in poverty. A job should not keep you in poverty, but yet a lot of us black people here we're content with that and we don't want to stand up some of us are but most of us are not because we're afraid we may lose our jobs even though we're getting paid a low wage and these bosses which are half of the time are white and and yes and at times these bougie black negroes who think they control everything and run everything they uh they do not want um they they don't want you to fight back well i'm encouraging you to fight back, and uh, there's organizations that's out there like the Workers Interfaith Network. Um, I'm part of that, and they uh, they deal with wage theft ordinances, and they deal with um, with with people um, giving people a living wage on their jobs. And uh, it's it's very important that we that we stand up for a better wage on these jobs, and um, and just to stop taking all this BS that we that we've been taking for so long. And, I mean, just because we have a job and we're content, that don't mean that we can't lose it the next day or the next week. And, you know, we could have been fighting all this time to really stand up and, and do something for ourselves. And I, and I understand it's not just black people. I mean, it's, it's, it's some white people out there that's, that's, uh, that has some disadvantages, and especially the Hispanic Latino community, and I, and I definitely understand that. And these corporations, they really take advantage on the darker-skinned people and on some white people as well, too. Uh, but yeah, we have to make a stand, and we we just have to um, come come together in some form and work together as collective. Not to say that we're going to have differences. Not to say that we're going to have different religions. We're going to think differently. That's natural. But we must work as a collective somehow. That's what I want to say. Thank you, Cody, and and everyone who everyone else who's contributed. I want to before closing out. Basically, and, and Steve, you said um, until you met God, many of us, that your life didn't change. Many things in your life did not change until you met God. Many of us, we've met God. We've not encountered God. We've not gotten to know God. We've not spent the time. You can meet someone, but if you don't spend time with that person and really communicate, get to know who is this, who is this, so many of us are just kind of sitting, waiting for everyone else to do, everyone else to give, everyone else to be the first. And as as, as much as I am, I, I can say I'm very, very disappointed in, in in the church today. For the most part, most of them, there are some, there's still some good churches, there's still some good pastors who really preach transformation, dying to self, but. If we know that it's not happening, if you're sitting under the teachings, knowing that lives are being lost, people are dying, 
but living. I mean, they're dying, they're dead, but but walking around living. Their heart is beating, but their spirit is dead. If you are among that and consistently and you feel you don't have any feelings behind that, you don't have any calling to do something or to help someone who's doing something, then who are you? Then who are you? So ask yourself and just remember that account accountability, what are you doing? And if everyone is doing, as he said, what you're doing, then why, I mean, why are you talking about it? You, you're you part of the problem. You have to love yourself. You have to respect yourself. And fear, Cody mentioned fear. Fear is not a part of God. God says he He will order our steps. He orders our steps. So if you are spiritually connected, if if the Holy Spirit is in you, if you are have been transformed through the Holy Spirit, if your heart, your life has changed, then fear is not a part of your life. So as Coda was saying, when you go on these jobs, you don't walk in with fear. You walk on, you walk in with the Holy Spirit so you know that, hey, I'm here. People know. They, you don't have to say I'm here. You don't have to announce your, your uh, entrance. People feel that. They know that. They know that there's something different about you. They see your strength. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Are you really doing that? In Memphis, wherever you are, are you really doing that? Ask yourself, what does that really mean? Answer the questions for yourself. If you're not, if you haven't, then there's not much you can say or do about this city, your home, your workplace, your family. If you're not doing that, there's not much you can say because you don't have anything to contribute. Because your flesh is just what everybody else is walking around with. So that's what I will leave you with. If no one else has anything to say. Um, the book of Romans uh, is a is a great chapter. I am in that book now. So if, if anyone is wanting a great start, uh, I suggest starting there. I mean, start somewhere. But the book of Romans, if it, the word, the word is, is life-changing, life-changing. So if no one else has anything else, we're going to close it out. Uh, please share this show with others, um, We and stay tuned for the next uh, date for the Memphis Roundtable. Just stay tuned and connected to the Butterfly Evolution Show as it will be posted there. But I want to thank you for tuning in with us, and everyone have a great night. Largest 